Welcome to Talking Confidence with me, Holly Kaplan. Having confidence in the workplace is essential for progress, fulfillment, and yes, survival. The issue is that confidence doesn't always come easy and is impacted and influenced along the way. Well, as a confidence coach, I know the key to finding and keeping your confidence is to recognize how professional situations have affected how you think of yourself. In this podcast together, we will examine exactly what impacts women's confidence in the workplace. We're going to get raw in these episodes. We are going to peel back the layers of social interactions, company culture, gender discrimination, ageism, and more. My guests will include entrepreneurs, corporate executives, and business owners. We are going to get down to what these women are really feeling. Expect vulnerability, openness, and relatability. But most importantly, expect to find your confidence. Have you ever thought during your career while working for another organization that you would really like to go out on your own and open your own business? This might be a fantasy you play play over in your mind on your drive home from your nine to five or something you talk about with friends over wine at a Thursday afternoon happy hour. But for whatever reason, you don't do it. You think about it and then you get stuck. Here are the two reasons that people get stuck. The first one is fear of leaving their current role and doing something different. The second one is not feeling sure of exactly what they would really like to be doing. If you have felt these feelings, no, you're not alone. It takes courage, confidence, and direction to make changes for yourself, especially when it comes to approaching business ownership. I know a way you can do it confidently, purposely, and with a solid plan. That is through franchise ownership. Here are some recent statistics on women-owned franchises. For instance, did you know that over the last decade, there has been a 38% increase in women-owned franchise businesses? And of all new franchises opened in the last 24 months, 32% are women-owned businesses. This is noted in the FranchiseBusinessReview.com in 2021. Do you know why women make great franchise owners, according to Franchise500.com? Among the leading factors that make women a good fit for franchising is the fact that they're great at organizing things, especially prioritizing key tasks and using a detail-oriented approach. Various studies have also concluded that women can think quickly on their feet and adapt to changing conditions more readily. Their fiscal conservatism and focus on scalability are two additional positives, as well as their innate ability to network and communicate with ease. My two guests today are franchise experts, Roxanne Rapsky and Sarah Waskow. They are franchise consultants for FranNet, a company that is focused on connecting you with the right franchise opportunity. Please be sure to listen through to the end of this episode for my two tips to finding the confidence to consider franchise ownership. Here's more information on Roxanne and Sarah. Roxanne was born and raised in Southern California and graduated from Pepperdine and spent 20 years thereafter in the mortgage banking industry. In 2013, she made the decision to get into franchise consulting, joined FranNet, and never looked back. Roxanne has been married for 24 years to her husband, Michael, and they have an adult son that lives in Colorado. Roxanne now resides in Dallas, Texas, and will jokingly tell you that she arrived here as a trailing spouse in 2020. But I think she likes it here. Sarah is a native Texan and a proud graduate of Texas A&M. After college, she married and moved to Dallas to begin her corporate career at AT AT&T, where she spent 10 and a half years. After having young kiddos, she decided to stay home while engaging in smaller entrepreneurial ventures. After her kids got older, 
she started to miss work, which is why in 2012, she started with FranNet and became a franchisee with the brand in 2015. In addition, she added the Oklahoma market in 2021. Sarah has an amazing husband, John, and two terrific adult children, Paige and Blake. She resides in Grapevine, Texas. Sarah and Roxanne, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to have the both of you on this episode. This is my first time to kind of do a group meeting, so I'm kind of excited about that. But before we get into our content today, um, let's talk about how we know each other. Who wants to take that first? Who wants to say it? Go ahead, Sarah. Go ahead, Sarah. Yeah, I mean, I it was my very first NABO meeting, National Association of, Bus- of Women Business Owners. And um, I think it was your first uh, NABO meeting as well, Holly. Um, you were invited by a guest, and I had just been getting a lot of emails about it. Not by a guest, but by the speaker that day, right? Yes, um, that's right. Yeah, that was our first meeting for both of us. Yes, You're right about that. Yes. And so I had just been getting emails about it a lot and decided to check it out. And you stood up and introduced yourself. And I just remember thinking, that's somebody I want to know. So that yeah. is how we met. And then soon after, uh, Roxanne attended Nabo, and uh, the rest is history. Yes. And then we met for our first coffee talk just to get to know each other. Do you guys remember that? Here in Capel, we did that. Actually, Sarah was very impressed with you, Holly, after that first After Nabo, and she told me all about you. And then we decided that we all needed to meet. And that's when we all ended up for coffee. For coffee. Yes. 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 And I'm very grateful because now we have a good working relationship and friendship. So I'm glad you both are are both here with me today. And um, I want to be able to give the audience a little color to who both of you are. So before I start asking questions, will you tell us a little bit about yourselves? Roxanne, I'll let you go first. Sure. Well, born and raised in Southern California. Um, I actually just celebrated my 24th wedding anniversary yesterday. Congratulations. Thank you. I am the trailing spouse. That's how I ended up in Dallas. My husband moved in 2018. I moved in 2020. So that was fun for a couple years. I have a 23-year-old son that lives in Boulder, Colorado, uh, out on his own, completely independent. Yay. He's a solar analyst. Wow. And yeah, so that's fun. I'm now a mom to a dog. I have a rescue dog. Um, and really just, you know, I'm loving it here. I, I joke and say I love being outside except when there's mosquitoes and we're in that season now. We'll see how my second season goes. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's it. I guess the other thing that I skipped is I actually spent 20 years in corporate America before starting my own business. And I'm sure we'll dive into that today. Oh, we are, but I'm glad you said that because that's kind of our springboard. So thank you, Miss Sarah. Yes. So I am a native Texan. I actually was born in Waco, lived there uh, my first 14 years of life, then went to high school in Round Rock, Texas, um, and then went to Texas A&M, which is where I met my husband. So after I graduated from there, he's a year older and he was working here. So we will be celebrating our 35th wedding anniversary actually in June. Wow. So I have been in the DFW Metroplex ever since we married back in June of 87. Um, I too have um, a 23 year old son like Roxanne. Mine um, lives up in Madison, Wisconsin. We are all Aggies. Um, he graduated last year and works for Epic Healthcare Systems. Um, and I have a daughter who is 29 and teaches in Austin. 
And uh, I have been with FranNet for 10 years. I too did a stint in corporate America. Mine was not as long as Roxanne's. I was 10 years at AT AT&T. So that is something you and I have uh, also in common, Holly, is our uh, beginning our careers in the telecom industry. It's so funny. It's so funny to think about that. We have two things in common. We're both thetas, Kappa Alpha Thetas, gone way back now. Yes. And we both <laughs> slept long distance for a living way back when you had to buy long distance, when it was a thing. So, yeah. Yes. You had to buy long distance. And I am showing, no, (laughs) and I'm showing my age because about the time I was leaving AT&T when my son was born in 1998 is when we were getting people on the internet and setting them up with email. And the email address was at worldnet.att.net. If you can fathom that email address. That's awesome. Let's bring it back. (laughs) That's horrible. It's horrible. It's so long. So long. (laughs) Yes, girl. You we are pioneers. We are. We are pioneers. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. We're pioneers. So um, well, actually, that's a perfect segue. Thank you for both telling me about your your previous lives because really that brings us to where we are today. Because both of you left your longtime role slash careers. And you had the courage to make changes for yourselves. Um, Sarah, I want to start with Sarah here. Can you tell me what led you to that moment to deciding it was time for change? Absolutely. So as far as leaving corporate America, really, that was pretty simple because I had my second child and I had a kindergartner and an infant and decided that I just could not handle the... um, the the schedule and the time away from home. And so it was, we, it did not look on paper like we were going to be able to afford that, but I felt like it was the right thing to do. So I dabbled in some entrepreneurial activities as a stay at home mom. I repped a t-shirt company, which was kind of fun just to make a little extra money, get out of the house. Something kind of funny that I joked about when I was a stay at home parent was that is when I learned how to mow the grass (laughs) because I would be home with the kids all day. My husband had been at work and he would come home and go, oh, I need to mow. And I would go, no, pick me, pick me. (laughs) So I learned how to mow the grass and I got um, anxious to get back into the workforce. So I did some part-time other things. And then I worked for a startup basically. And I was there for six years and I learned a lot about entrepreneurship in that role. And it was interesting because it was remote, which so it was so common now, but this was between 2006 and 2012. And that company was actually headquartered in Bethesda, Maryland. And I did everything on the phone and I worked with mostly independent entrepreneurs. And so most of them were trying, were doers in their business. They were trying to run their business, but they were also actually the plumber or the electrician too. So I, I always say, this is kind of what, um, attracted me to franchising because I saw the struggles of a startup and an independent like that. But essentially after that stint, a lot of changes had happened in that company. They sold the company and then the original owner bought it back, um, which was kind of odd. And um, essentially I got a phone call one day, I was on salary plus commission and I got a phone call one day from the founder that said, "Um, you know, Sarah, we really appreciate all that you do, um, but we're going to need to cut your salary in half. Um, and so that 
was, I think his way of, you know, not letting me go and having to pay unemployment. And I can't imagine anybody wanting to stay in their current scenario for half the pay. Um, so that was when I said, see ya. See ya. That's so that not, was, that's not good math. I don't like his math. Peace out. Peace <laughs> out. Right. You know, for your form kind of relevant to your previous podcast, that was kind of my GTFO moment oh. right there. <laughs> oh, thank you for sharing your GTFO. <laughs> it, that, it, that was a good one. That was yeah, good. It, it took a little thought just because, you, you know, I had a good gig. I had some flexibility and was able to to still be home with my kids. But I just thought, you know what? I don't need this. I'll figure something out. And it was um, scary, but but you did it. Best decision I made for sure. Good. I love hearing that because it's important for other people know to know that they can change their direction also and be successful at it. Yeah. Roxanne, what say you? Well, you know, I always say that my hand was forced and I don't know if I would have made this choice had my hand not been forced. So the decision was made for me in a sense because I worked in the mortgage banking industry mm-hmm. and when the markets imploded, um, we all know what happened, right? But it happened for me a little bit before that. And, and this is how extreme it was. I was a hundred percent commission and I worked in wholesale. Um, so I called on the brokers that actually worked with the borrowers, the clients um, that were asking for the loans. And as we know, there was a ton of fraud going on. Mm-hmm. Little side note, if you haven't seen the, the movie, the big short, you should watch it. Cause it really explains what happened behind the scenes. But I went to bed one night with $10 million in loans in my pipeline. And I woke up the next day with $400,000 left because the feds had seized all the wires going out on what they call the alternative, a product. So there went my income, right? So it wasn't cut in half. Poof, It was just gone overnight. So my husband just looked at me and said, you know what? You can go back to school. You can try to find something else. You can start over in another industry. You can stay home or you can start your own business. I don't care what you do. Just figure it out because we're not living like this anymore. My mom, we were actually very blessed. My mom moved in um, with us and raised our son from the infant. So I didn't have to give up my career. And I I still had a lot of working mom's guilt, but I had the best person in the world taking care of our son, which was was Grammy. So... um, I guess I chose the toughest path and the scariest path, which was starting my own business. I started my business in the worst economy we've ever seen. Um, So it was a tough couple years, but um, it gave me my life back. uh, I used to get up to get a workout in. I used to get up at 3.50 a.m. and I would get on the treadmill because I couldn't take any more time away from my family. I worked so many hours. I felt like the only time I could do it was while everyone was still sleeping. So I'd get my workout in. I'd get my day started. Um, work a really long day. And by the time I got home, it was time, you know, a lot of times my mom had already fed my son dinner. He was eight at the time and and we would, you know, get in bed together and read. And so it was, you know, we were, it was, I was on that hamster wheel, just running as fast as I could. And it was a time to take a breath, decompress and face that change as scary as it was. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. It was the greatest gift I was ever given because it gave me time with my family back. I always say it made me a better wife. It made me a better mom. It made me a better daughter, a better friend, because I just wasn't so stressed out all the time. I was stressed in a different way, but um, you know, that was at the end of 2007 and I'm still standing and it's been a great career for me to be 
able to control my my hours and then I was also able to care for my mom and pay it back when you know she was ill and failing well I respect your decision obviously you're very fortunate that you had an amazing mother who could help you with that and uh, I know the feeling and Sarah does too of not being happy in your job and you get the Sunday night blues and you know, you're getting Mm -hmm. on that hamster wheel again the next day and you don't realize how fast life is going by and you're just miserable and you're not doing what you really want to do. So I just want to validate that and appreciate it. Well, with that, we're going to go ahead and jump right into what you ladies do now because you have a lot to say. So Roxanne, tell us about FranNet. What made you decide to go in this direction and what meaning comes for you by running this business? Well, so I started independently first. So I became a franchise consultant in 2007, at the end of 2007. Um, I did a little business opportunity, which is similar to a franchise, but not. You get a little bit of training, but not near as much support. Um, so I did that independently for the first six years. Wow. And then FranNet kind of fell into my lap in 2013. I got this phone call out of the blue and someone said, um, we're looking for help on our team. Your name is on a really short list. You want to talk about it? And I said, yes. Um, so I joined in 2013 um, and FranNet is, real, Fran is a franchise that helps people find franchises. And I joke and I say the easiest way to explain what we do is we work just like a dating app. Instead of matching people to people, we match people to businesses. It's really a very thorough matchmaking process, which we'll get into later. But um, what it means to me is I get to make a difference in people's lives every day. I get to help them walk that very uncomfortable path that I had to walk and hopefully make it a little bit easier for them. So that's huge for me. Um, and even if I tell them that I don't think franchising is the right fit for them, I feel like I'm doing them a service. So I feel like I'm still making a difference and the ability to control my hours. You know, even now that my son has grown, um, I still get to control my hours and that's huge for me. It's, you know, I, I make a point of saying life work balance because the term is usually work life balance, but life should come first. Like there's so much more to life than, than what we do as a job. And I realized through that whole transition I went through that we're kind of, most of us define ourselves. If somebody asks you to tell you about yourself, the first thing you usually talk about is what you do for a career. Yes. We're so moms, we're wives. A lot of us We're daughter. We're a lot of things, Christians, whatever we are, right. We're a lot of things. We're not just what we do for money. I'm glad you said that because so so many of us live our lives believing that our career is what defines us. Yes. And it really does. And I learned a very hard way when the rug was literally ripped out from under my feet. That's (laughs) not true. Here's Roxanne. Here you are. You're free now. Do what you want to do. Yeah. Well, I love what you guys are doing and that you're trying to help other people find freedom for them, for themselves. And I love this next question, and I know Sarah is going to answer it very well. So listen up to this question. I like this one. Why do you think it is important for women to consider franchise ownership? 
Well, I do love the question. And um, I think there are a lot of reasons, but I would say that the primary reason that we hear from most women and Roxanne kind of already alluded to it is that freedom and control of schedules because I was so grateful to be able to drive carpool and um, my, both of my kids were in marching band and there were competitions and I had lots of opportunities to volunteer and I never had to worry. A lot of them were out of town. I never had to worry about using up vacation days or, um, somebody else, you know, telling me I couldn't go. I mean, I had friends who had to miss some of these things because of work conflicts. And I was grateful that I could control that and, uh, manage my schedule. And I know that's what a lot of women are seeking, um, these days. And so I would say there are a lot of reasons, but that is probably the primary reason. And I recently, worked with a client, believe it or not, who um, is a pediatrician. And she went through, obviously, a lot of schooling to get in that role. Um, but it was time she had young children. And it was a similar, um, you know, kind of a, a life scenario where she had lost her mother and her grandmother um, very close to each other and kind of what we were discussing a little bit ago about just recognizing that um, the importance of, of family and the importance of uh, relationships and, and job or career, not necessarily taking pri priority or precedence over all that. And so she chose a path where she could have more flexibility and control of her schedule than what she had as a physician. Yeah. People want that. They want that regardless of how much schooling they had. I'm working with two attorneys right now for my clients, coaching clients. And guess what? They want out. They want out. It's not because they don't appreciate the field. They just want out because they want their lives back. So it happens. It happens to a lot of us. It happens to a lot of us. All right. I'm, I kind of want to throw a curveball in this one. I hate to use the word pandemic. <laughs> because I'm tired of it, but I think it's more important now than ever that women consider being an entrepreneur because of the pink collar recession and how so many women were forced to stay at home with no freaking backup plan because they didn't know they would need one. Yeah. Have you ladies seen an influx of women coming to you inquiring about becoming a franchise owner because of this? Um, I have seen, I would just answer on that, definitely women, but um, equal men yeah, as well. Sure. Um, who recognized with what happened two years ago, how quickly things can change mm -hmm. and have realized that they do need a backup plan. They're considering a second stream of income. To diversify and not have all of their eggs in one basket, if you will. When you're an employee, you have one customer, basically. That's your employer who is paying your wages. And if that ends, everything's gone. And right. so 
Right. Um, yeah, we're seeing really just that thought process of having multiple income streams. So if something happens in one area, there is a back a backup plan. Agreed. And in general, Holly, I would say over the years, you know, because I've been doing this for a long time now. When I first got into business, it was all men that were my client. Uh-huh. But over the years, more and more and more women have become my clients just because, you know, I think they're realizing that there's more to life than having your butt and seat, right? Yeah. For X amount of hours per day. Um, so I think that's changed a lot over the years. Um, and sometimes it's 50, 50, even, you know, as far as how many men will move forward and how many women will move forward, uh, as my clients with purchasing a business or a franchise. So, um, and I agree with what Sarah said about the pandemic. I think the other thing is is that people realize, you know, there's a lot of folks that were on the road a lot and gone a lot and missed a lot of family time. And I think the other realization has been, this is important and this is an important part of life that I've been missing. And now that I've had this and you know, they're it's opened their eyes that even if they have to keep working, like Sarah said, they want to create that additional revenue stream and maybe even create that stream to replace their income so that they can slide out of corporate America and then continue to grow their empire through business ownership. Right. Exactly. They can, they can build their bridge out. They can build their bridge. I'm sure you've seen a lot of people do that too. Yeah. All right, I want to go to an action step here. And I want to ask this so people can get started. Roxanne, what should someone know if they're thinking about owning a franchise but are not sure what steps to take? What do they do? I guess the first thing I would say is stay off the internet. There's about <laughs> there's about 4,000 franchises out there. And I feel that everybody does that goes at this backwards. They get online and they start looking for franchises based on what they think they're attracted to. Um, and it could be as simple as, wow, look at that sandwich shop. Look at that line out the door at lunch. That must be a great business to own. But if you don't want to manage high school students as your employees, then that's a horrible business to own. Um, or the other realization might be the actual investment, right? So So you might really think something's a good fit for you, but it's double what you can afford as far as an investment level. So I would say stay off the internet. Good advice. And and find somebody and realize that you don't know what you don't know and find somebody like Sarah and I, it doesn't have to be Sarah and I, but find somebody in your local community. Somebody that is in your local community that does what something similar to what we do. Our services are at no cost. And really, we re- we reverse engineer this and we start with you, the client. So, Holly, the first thing you would do with us is we would give you an entrepreneurial profile that is very much like the Myers-Briggs or the DISC profile, if you've heard of those. But it's been massaged for business ownership. That tells us a lot about how you are in business. And the second thing we're going to do with you is sit down and build a business model. Once we have all that information then we can talk about businesses that are a good fit for you. So it's about matching businesses to you, not about you trying to crowbar yourself into something that you think you're attracted to. I think that's the most important thing that I would say. The other thing is that nobody ever comes to Sarah and I and says, Hey, I'm a hundred percent sure I want to own, own a franchise. What do you got? It's never like that. They're looking at options. They're they're They might be looking at multiple things to do, but they're curious 
So if someone can at least commit to the process and go through it, it's okay if it's no, if it's not a good fit, but at least consider it, learn about it because franchising is really the most overlooked and misunderstood form of franchising. And most people really think it's all retail and fast food and it's not, there's so much else out there. So much more. Yeah. Everything is not Chick-fil-A or McDonald's. No, there's, there's so much more as I've learned from you too. Yeah, absolutely. That's really a small percentage, uh, the fast food. So what we really strive to do, Roxanne mentioned the entrepreneur profile Part of FranNet's model or the main model is built around education and helping people understand the franchise industry as a whole, because it is, as Roxanne said, the most overlooked and misunderstood form of business ownership. And so we um, help people understand how franchises differ from startups and from buying an existing business. Franchises are regulated by the Federal Trade Commission which is a huge differentiator. Um, and that's a positive for some people and others kind of have what I kind of call their shark tank idea and are more creative and do need to start something from scratch. So we never try to convince or persuade someone. We want them to get information so they're making confident and well-educated decisions about the path that's best for them. Right. You want you want them to have a healthy long-term relationship with their business. That's why you're careful. Exactly. Just like you said, Roxanne, it's like a dating app. (laughs) And a healthy long-term relationship. And when you join a franchise, it's it's a lot like a marriage. So who wants to sign up for a bad marriage? Nobody. (laughs) Nobody wants that. Uh -uh. Yeah. Because these contracts could be five, 10, 15 years long. So, um, and here's the other thing that I say that shocks a lot of people. Franchises are not purchased. They are awarded. So just as closely, Holly, as you're looking at that franchise to make sure it's the right fit for you, guess what they're doing? They're looking at me. They're like, they're looking at you. The right representative for us. The whole process is like dating. And then do you, at the end, do you march down the aisle and say, I do? Or do you say, sorry, I'm going to move on to the next one? I need to date other people. (laughs) Yes. And you should date other people when you're doing your research. <laughs> yes. We all can present multiple concepts so that you can do multiple dating. Yes. That's great though. Some people get super enamored with a product or a yeah. service and they get laser focused on that. And back to what Roxanne said, they don't have a good grasp on what their role as the owner might be. And it may not be in alignment with their skill set. It might require that they're out doing sales calls every day. And this person hates doing sales calls. So while others may have success in that industry, they may not if that's not their skill set or their enjoyment level. So we really want people to think about what transferable skills they can apply to that business and try to set aside some of the emotion of of what a product or a service might be and, and how attracted to that they might be. Right. Right. I think that that's important to be aware of. So, and I like how careful you are with this and trying to make these matches. Okay. So now we've kind of talked about having the confidence to get started or to make the call to you. What are the top five things they need to know? And you ladies can split up these answers. Well, I'll go. How about we just, you want to just go back and forth, Sarah? Sure. 
All right. So I would say the first one is take the time to do proper due diligence and research. So as we mentioned before, there's three main ways of going into business. You can start your own business from scratch, which is an independent business. You can buy an existing business or you can start a franchise. There's pros and cons to each of those. And really, I think it's important to understand the pros and cons of each of those. You know, Sarah alluded to, there are people that are super entrepreneurial and super creative, and they really want to create their own path and carve their own way. And, you know, those people should really be true entrepreneurs. But if you're someone like me, who's like, okay, I'm not creative at all. But if you give me something and and give me a plan, I can execute. I can run with it. I mean, I'll run and run and run and run. I just need to know where I'm running. So if you want a proven system and you want to kind of cut out some of that, then franchising might be the best way for you. So that's what I would say for the first one. That's good to know because you've told me that in the last couple of months is that you have to know that they're going to give you everything that you need to do. And you have to go with it. You have to go buy their book to make it happen. It's a secret sauce, a secret recipe. It's everything you need. It's a business in a box. And if you're not going to follow the system, then don't pay the fee. Don't buy the secret sauce. Right. If you're not going to use it, why buy it? That's great advice. That's great advice. Sarah, what do you think? Well, I would say the next thing, and we kind of already talked about it, but really think about what you're seeking to accomplish from this business. What do you want the business to give back to you? Is it, we have some clients where making a contribution in their community is super important to them. They want to be active and involved in their community and they want to make a difference. For other people, it's all just about how much money can I make? Right. Um, so everyone kind of has different goals for and expectations for the business. There are some people who need an improved lifestyle. They don't want a business that might require any of their time on weekends. Um, you know, so they love a simple business, you know, an example of something like that I would give is like maybe mosquito control. They're not going into people's homes. If, if they're short staffed one day, they can go spray the next day. It's recurring revenue. It's Monday through Friday. Um, is that appealing to you or is it appealing to you to maybe, you know, I have one client right now that one of his goals is he really wants to improve people's lives. He wants to make a difference in people's lives. And so something like mosquito control doesn't really address that, you know, unless and you so really he, like mosquitoes. Except for Roxanne. Like <laughs> <laughs> but right, we really right. try we really try to understand those things when we're making the match, because I think a lot of people don't think through that. They think more about what the business does and they are not necessarily focused in turn on what they want the business to do for them. Right. I think that's excellent to know because again, it's only going to make a better match for them if they take those things into consideration. Do we have a number three, Roxanne, you got a number three? Yeah. So Sarah and I don't want to sugarcoat any of this. So number three is anything but sugarcoating. Here's the truth. And you know this, Holly, because you walk this path. Guess what, people? If you're listening to this, starting a business is hard. It's probably (laughs) the hardest thing you've ever done. And guess what? It's scary. It is freaking scary to start a business. It's hard and scary. So you you have that? You got it? (laughs) It's true. It's very true. Here's the thing about fear, though. 
you can get over a lot of your fears because a lot of them are unknown. There are things about unknown. So how do you get over that? You know, I used to talk about this when I would speak to, to um, transitioning veterans. They've done really scary stuff in their careers, right? A lot of them have. So how did they, how did they work through that fear? They trained for it. They trained for it. They trained for it. They educated themselves. So really doing proper education to help you learn about some of those things that you're, you're fearful of, embrace the fear, embrace it because it's going to be there and learn how to deal with it by educating yourself. And there's, there's a couple of things that Sarah and I say about fear. Um, one is that it's false evidence appearing real, right? Um, and these two, I hadn't heard before. They came from Sarah and I love them. <laughs> Um, one is forget everything and run, right? <laughs> You're just going to run the other way. And the other one is face everything and rise. I love that. Face everything so choose, and rise. Which one? Yeah. Pick your path. We all faced everything and we rose. We did it. Yeah, yeah we did. Yeah, you're right. That's great. That was great, Roxanne. Do we have a number four and a number five? We do. Oh. And so Holly, I know you'll appreciate this because I've heard you say it many times and it's get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. So there's going to be things every day that you're uncomfortable with. Um, and, but that's how you grow. And so something that I think is a big surprise for a lot of people, a huge percentage, I don't remember the statistics, but I think it's around 75% or even higher of people that start franchises. They start in an industry that they have not been in previously. You do not have to have industry experience. And that's frightening for people who may have been in the same career for 20 plus years to turn around and do something completely different. We just talked about fear, right? So that is um, a frightening change for a lot of people, but it's also exciting. I think it's kind of fun. I love watching my clients make a complete change. A lot of them have um, children and, and I always um, share with them what I, what a role model I think they're being for their children and showing them that, you know, just because you get a degree in X or you start your career in X doesn't mean you have to do that until retirement. It's fun to make changes and learn new things. So if you're going to go into business ownership, you need to go in with the mindset of getting comfortable being uncomfortable. Well, I agree with the get uncomfortable with being uncomfortable part, obviously, because it's like that every day. But the, the freedom aspect that you're talking about, the freedom to make a decision instead of having to stick to working for XYZ company for 40 years and get the pen and pension, you don't have to do that. You can go into something completely different through franchising. Yeah. Yes. Something that will really fulfill you. So Definitely. I love that. And life is too short to be, I always tell people you spend mm. 40 plus hours of your <sighs> week at work, you know, in your career, whatever, that is way too much time to be doing something that you hate or that you're <laughs> not enjoying or that you dread. I know. Life is too short to spend that much time not enjoying your career. Can I get an amen? <laughs> amen. Amen. Um, do we have a number five on this one? Yeah. So I guess, you know, really admitting and embracing the fact that you don't know what you don't know um, and, and leaning into the experts, finding the people that do find mentors, find people that have the information that you're looking for. And a great way to do that is 
um, there are in our community, there are small business development centers. You can Google that. America Small Business Development Center, find the one near you, look at the programs they have available. There are experts there in a lot of different fields. There's another organization called SCORE, um, you know, and, and you can find help with, especially if you're starting an independent business, you can find help with marketing or market research or uh, completing a business plan, whatever it is. If you're looking at franchising, find an expert, find somebody like Sarah and I in your local community learn from them, reach out, don't be afraid to ask questions and learn. Um, and even taking that further, people that are experts in financing or funding businesses, franchise attorneys, CPAs, yes. um, you know, there's a whole world of people out there that are willing to help you in your new business or find your new business, but you got to go and look for it. And you got to go and ask, there's no reason to do this alone. Great, great advice. And I like what you just said. There's no reason to do this alone. You don't have to. No, nope. You can call Sarah and Roxanne and get guidance and help. Yes. That's the best. That's the best. Well, and we're very connected in the community. So if we don't have the answers, we can certainly help you find those answers. That's why I keep drilling down or find somebody in your community. Um, there are people that do what we do that specifically advertise in areas like this because they're hot well, why would you want to work with somebody sitting in Florida or in Arkansas or in Virginia when you've got somebody that's in your community that's really well networked that can provide you with resources? It's so important. We had a lender reach out to us yesterday, Sarah and I, that we know very well that asked us for some local CPA contacts that they need for one of their clients. Well, guess what? If that person worked with somebody local, they would have been able to get those CPA contacts and wouldn't have, wouldn't have to go for their, through their lender to find it for them. Right. Right. Exactly. And I just want to add, I think we may have failed to say this, but the services that Roxanne and I, I offer are at no cost. Right. Yeah. Right. We are paid um, by the franchisors that we partner with. So they have to go through a vetting process. They have been approved to be part of our portfolio. Um, they've said, hey, FranNet, we need help growing. So we go through a, a very thorough and in-depth process, approve them. We probably have 150 or so in our portfolio. And when we bring a client to them that moves forward with a business, they pay us. So that is very similar to an executive recruiter. Our clients don't pay us anything. Very That's true. That's point that we forgot to bring up. Thank you, yeah. Sarah. <laughs> Well, it's true. It's like, it's in a way your recruiter that, that parallels that very well. Mm -hmm. Well, we know both of you are very connected. I especially know that here in the Dallas community because I run into both of you everywhere. <laughs> so how can people get connected with you if they want to know more about you, FriendNet, or have you speak at an event about what you do? Yeah, so probably just the simplest way to find Roxanne and I is just to go to frannet.com. Um, or you can also, you know, Google FranNet of Dallas Fort Worth as well. Um, because it's a large metroplex, uh, she and I kind of split it up and she focuses on the Dallas side and I focus on the Fort Worth side. All of our contact information is there, our bios are there. So um, you can search by your area and see which one of us. Uh, might be able to assist you if you would like to have a uh, conversation or learn a little bit more and assess if this might be a path that you would want to pursue and learn a little bit more about. 
They can also find us on LinkedIn, Holly. Yeah. Um, and then we also have a podcast. Yes, we do. Um, so you can find us, Unpredicted Entrepreneur, on our YouTube channel, which is uh, Frannet of Dallas, Fort Worth, and Oklahoma. Or you can just Google Unpredicted Entrepreneur and listen to it anywhere you listen to your podcasts. I love it. And you guys host a really great show. Thank it's you. a it's a lot of fun, and you have two people on every month. I think two different franchise two owners. A month. Yeah, yeah, two different topics a month. Yeah, I highly recommend anyone who's listening who wants to know more to check out their channel on YouTube because you'll get a lot of information and get to know these two ladies better. So, Sarah Roxanne, thank you so much for joining me today. This was a pleasure. Thank you, Holly. We appreciate you. Yes, it was lots of fun. Thanks for inviting us, Holly. Well, these ladies can speak very well to the topic of franchising. They know the details and process inside and out. However, it also takes confidence to take this big and exciting step. Here are my two tips for you today to keep your confidence high when embarking on such an endeavor. Firstly, tell your closest confidants that your intention is to become a business owner. What this will do for you is reinforce your support system and reinforce your decision. Be sure the individuals you share your news with are those who love and care for you unconditionally. No naysayers allowed. Secondly, visualize what your life will be like as a business owner in the next 12 months. Think about all of the amazing and positive steps you'll be taking towards what works best for your business. Don't dwell on the negatives. It will only generate fear and slow you down. Remember that this is a journey and bumps in the road are normal, but everything you are doing is for a greater purpose and that purpose is you. And those are my parting tips today. This is Holly Kaplan. Cheers until our next episode of Talking Confidence. Thank you, Talking Confidence listeners, for joining me today for this episode. If you would like to connect with me personally for confidence coaching or speaking events, you can reach me at hollykaplan.com. If you would like to buy my book, Surviving the Dick Click, A Girl's Guide to Surviving the Male-Dominated Corporate World, you can find your copy at amazon.com. Thanks.